music show Terry and Eddie Sutton. How are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you, Sean? I'm glad you can be back. I know this is, I think it's officially our second on air, but we've, we've talked a few times off air. One failed time when I first started. And then we've, of course, been friendly and talked over the years. Um, so it's always a pleasure to have you on. But I think it's important to have you on today. To, to um, I want I want to really stress people with GoFundMe and see what's going on with your health too, because I think it's an important thing um, that we talk about. You know. Sure. I and I appreciate that. It's been nice watching how your thing has been growing. Like we talked, you know, I was on very early when you had like Glenn Matlock and and other artists that I respected and stuff. And then, uh, you know, to see this and come back again on a full circle is nice. I, I, yeah, well, th thank you. And I think I, I stayed true to who I am. Actually, Glenn Malick was just on last month again. He was on for- uh, How about he had, that? He had, yeah, he had a new album out. Um, but yeah, any of the same people have come on from the beginning. I'm the same, it's really the same, same size, same, same artist, same, same goal. Just circle of life, keep everybody promoting, promote, promote, promote the artists, support the artists, you know? Um, but but with you, you've you've um, obviously no, that's what's up. You, yeah, well, you've had some some health, uh, health struggles, obviously, and um, and you have a newer health struggles, and I think that's the first thing I want to talk about, so people are aware. I'm gonna put the link for your GoFundMe. You're looking at some new surgery. Okay. You want, you want to talk about that first? Yeah. Um. Well, the new surgery has a lot to do with the battles that I went th through last year. Um. I wound up in the hospital, not last Christmas, the Christmas before with sepsis. But ironically, I was in my studio in Hoboken the night of a arson explosion. And uh, I was in the building with another artist who was renting a room. We were in there for like 18 hours, not realizing that this explosion killed two women that were living there illegally on the other side because it was a big block warehouse. Oh, that was that, that was the same like, building? That was the building? Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. And and I was in there with this guy. We were afraid to come out because we didn't know they evacuated. We thought we were going to get arrested and everything. The studio didn't get damaged and we survived, but the building's condemned. Luckily, my guy, Laz Pina, the uh, bass player, Phil Nino, he rebuilt the studio, and I just did session for my 58th birthday the other day. So, okay, I go through all that. Um, in March of last year, I, for some reason, lost my appetite, and I didn't really eat, and I lost an insane amount of weight and caught pneumonia. Uh, I survived that. But as I regained the weight and a little bit more, something started to happen in my arms. And I, when I reach or try to put something, lift something over my head, I get this sharp pain in both. And the MRIs are showing tears. So uh, I'm looking at surgery for that. The cancer isn't going away. I mean, I have squamous carcinoma, I'm at stage four. Um, 
It's not getting worse, but it's not getting better. Chemo is now looking at surgery to attach the muscles on both my upper arms and and uh, get back to a little bit of normalcy there. You know, it's a bitch, you know, getting old sucks. You know, well, you've got a few things on top of that. I mean, cancer is a hard thing. And I think, you know, obviously you, you're right. It's, you're, you're, you're so far into it, but I mean, it's about a quality of life and enjoying as much as you can at the best quality you can is probably the, the main goal at this point. And, and your arms, and, you know, and that's what's up. Is not good, you know. So the, the tear, though, is that is that something like like an athlete would have? But obviously, because your body is having problems well, with the cancer, it's reacting to it like it's sort of similar. Like I, I guess, but again, like I said, I lost so much weight, and I was emaciated. <laughs> I couldn't uh, really get around at first when I got out of the hospital and I needed a cane because my legs were so weak and everything. I had to go on this weight gain regimen and and really pile on the calories to regain the weight. So I'm thinking as the muscle mass regrew and got back to where it was supposed to be, somehow it lost attachment to the bones. You know, and that's what the doctors are saying. You know, there's wear and tear. So I'm looking at a specialist and going through some sort of plan to uh, go through these surgeries. But, you know, I mean, life is still wonderful. You know, I don't feel bad for me, even though I need the support, you know, uh, since I've been on here. I got a whole new bunch of guys performing with me. Uh, their, their band is called Damn Your Eyes. You can find them on YouTube. They have official videos and music releases. Great bunch of guys. We rehearse right down here in the basement where I'm sitting and speaking to you now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, life is good. I, you know, I keep performing. I can't bounce around like I used to, but my vocals are as strong as ever. And that's the most important thing, you know, like having these guys around me, you know, contributing to the performance still makes it strong. And, and that's the bottom line. You know what I mean? Because I never said this is leeway. I always called this a tribute to the band. You just get the original singer with his friends playing right. the songs. You know what I mean? It, it's so. hard. I mean, I mean, and, and with respect to the other guys, because the leeway, the the original band of leeway, the um, the ingredients made the perfect formula. You guys sure. were perfect together. Um, but that being said, one of the things that can be can you uh, an artist can get away with if you are the vocalist of a of any type of genre, you can usually get away with finding them the closest to the original sound without a purist getting on my case <laughs> hear me out because it sounds more like them because you can reproduce a lot of guitar sounds you can reproduce a certain drum sound maybe not now you can't reproduce the feel of a guitar player or the feel of the drums or the jazz you know the swing but you can get closer to some people in the back of the room would be like they wouldn't know the difference they would think the band just changed so that's a nice thing about you performing with really good musicians is it probably is as close as anyone's going to get to hearing the original version together ever 
you know, which is a treat yeah, for we fans. Work. We work hard at it. You know what I mean? So, okay, yeah, it can't be maybe the 100% fluidity that we originally had when we rehearsed our asses off and and wrote the material and arranged it. But, like, again, thankfully, you know, um, I can replicate the band sound behind me and I can do a little bit better than I originally did with a lot of these vocals because I've improved over the decades. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, the challenge is there. It's still a lot of fun, you know, uh, without the audience, I and this band's music would be nothing, you know, and I cherish that, you know, this is like, I always say it, this is the one thing I got right out of life. And I've been able to touch people and 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 see the world and and be able to have this piece of history endure after I'm gone. You know right. what I mean? Because I don't have kids, I don't have family. I mean, I have my family, of course, and my nieces right. and my goddaughter. I don't have my own children, so this is my legacy. And, say, and a, it's very important. It's got to be like a thought. You've got to be thinking like at this point, like what are you thinking mortality of what are you leaving behind? What have you done? Who are you? Exactly. How do you feel? I mean, I can, you know, I, I'm not trying to imagine what kind of thoughts you would have. I mean, just me as I get older with kids, I'm thinking, what am I doing? How am I this? What if I have relatives that have had heart attacks at this age? I've had, you know, my parents are dead, so like you start thinking about like, if I go, you know what I mean? You start thinking like that and you, you're in a boat where it's, you know, it's much more of a, of, a, of a fixed vision of what's happening right now, quicker and more guaranteed than someone else. So, you know, but, and I want to say something that's really important you're sitting into. It's, you've given so much to, to everybody also that you can enjoy it because I, you go on like on YouTube where you go on these things and you read the comments of what you've given to people. There's not a bad word out there about you. There's no one just... You know, people love to say bad things on the internet, you know. <laughs> no, I know. I've got a few haters, but Do you? I you know, come people know who they are. Oh. I'm talking about like if you go on YouTube and you look at fans and you, you look at the comments and there's a lot of trolling out there and you look at the comments, people are just loving you, you know, because you're, cause you're, you're honest. You're, 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 uh, you're an everyday person. You're, 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 you're part of the crew. You're part of the audience. You know what I mean? That's, you are, you are your own audience. You know what I mean? And well, I think it's a relatability. I've found a way to get to know everybody and 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 to be friendly. You know, uh, I learned that from the Bad Brains. You know, like the first show I ever went to, Gary Miller, Doctor No, rolls up in a van and just jumps out and starts talking with everybody. You know, um, that that and going on tour with them and seeing how they interacted with the audience you know, just said a lot about what this thing is and and how it's community more than it is unity. Yeah. Uh, you know, compare that to another memory that I have of running into Rod Stewart as a messenger in Manhattan and trying to walk up to him, say hello, and try to get an autograph because in 1980, you know, rock stars were prestigious and yeah. on a higher level but you know being told like get away from me 
you know, was, was such a turnoff. You know, this thing, you can actually touch people you look up to and admire, yeah. you know? And like for this music, Bad Brains were the fucking Beatles, you know? It's as simple as that. They did so much for the sound of American hardcore. Yeah. And not just light a fire and inspire so many bands out of New York, you know, not just DC. Uh, you know, it is what it is. And and I'm very fortunate, yes. I get a lot of love and respect. And and it's important for me to give that right back. Because again, I am nothing without an audience. I am nothing without these people appreciating what I do and allowing me the opportunity to do my thing. But you, you know, there's two sides to you as the the cereal, you know, the the the, the frosted and the the um, wheat side. There's two sides to you. There's a person person side of you, and then there's a the music part of you. And together, it makes the perfect performer because you're very much into the audience, which is. The, the hardcore punk scene has always been very much a people group. You know what I mean? And I think the rest of the world is caught up just, you know, as, as we talk about like with podcasts and stuff nowadays, like I've talked to hundreds of musicians now that would have been, that have been huge and different types of everyone. Everyone's fantastic now. Probably would have been the same in the 80s for some, you know, the accessibility, the views of everything. So I think, I think it's the, the that's always been such a great thing about the punk feel. I think that's an influence that's carried over. But but back to you with your music and your songwriting, you've always been a good songwriter and a good lyricist and your vocal delivery is just so good and, and your inflection, um, you know, like even, you know, the influences of like, like making an offer or, you know, just like different songs, the new song, Pusher, like you, you always have something and it's just not just a straight ahead punk song. There's always something in it. You know, you can feel some of your influences in your songwriting without you copying them. Yeah, that's what I hear. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people would say Ozzy, but you know, like David Lee Roth was a huge influence on me, you know, and I guess it's wanting to be like that blue eyed soul tried type of singer because I grew up with a lot of R and B and I hear groove. I, learned, I hear the groove. I hear groove. And I hear seventies groove in my in your music, that's what I hear. Yeah, and and you know, uh, I learned to adapt and improve as I kept going, you know? And uh, I, I'm just very fortunate that I do stand out in this genre with my vocals. Um, I'm basically the only guy who does multi-layered tracking and harmonizes and, and really tries to uh, truly emote and tell that story. You know what I mean? Because that's what it is. All of these songs are a story in my life mm -hmm. or about the people that I've been around and, and spent time with or endured something with. You know what I mean? Well, it, whether, you know, it's uh, life hardships, whether it's love, addiction, you know, uh, street life. You know what I mean? Uh, I I always tried to own what I was doing vocally. You know, like the proverbial "practice what you preach" right. type of thing. You know what I mean? You you you've 
what's really good, I mean, you can, you can know every night when you lay your head down is, as most good songwriters are, how, how you've touched people, whether it's through sad times, happy songs, like, it, 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 you, you know, you help people get through hard times or sad times by listening to your music or just enjoy themselves. Like to be a part of all people's different emotions for their lives is such a great gift to have and to give and to receive. You know what I mean? What is what a it, special it thing? It never gets old. It never gets old, you know, to have a kid come up to me and say, you know, how this or that helped them through addiction or just a very hard experience in their lives. You know what I mean? Like, I, I remember how music did that for me growing up and helped me get through the challenges of addiction and, and depression and, uh, you know, the other things we endure with, you know, family and love and, and our own actions, whether, you know, we made bad mistakes or we got to celebrate something phenomenal. You know, like I said, you know, it all goes back to community, not mm -hmm. unity. You know, there's a lot of bands that use that phrase and coin it, but they're not really about unity. You know, they're, they're clicky or something like that. But, uh, you know, to me, this whole thing has always been about community. And that's what I learned from it. And that's what I try to give in return. <laughs> How, how are you doing for being um, like creative with your time now? Are you writing more songs? Are you, are you like tracking some stuff? Uh, you know, I, I've been trying to get done with a very overdue project. And uh, Isaac, Danny Diablo, um, he not only wants me to record some hooks for him for some hip hop stuff, but he's uh, supposed to be linking me up with a record label. I'm also trying to reissue the Truth and Rights CD, you know, because uh, not many people know about a project that I did, you know, uh, mm -hmm. almost a decade ago. I did a seven inch and 10 song CD with a band that we called Truth and Rights. And, and I'm very proud of that. that. That whole CD is a banger. The first six songs come at you, you know, it's like, going three rounds with Tyson, you know, after six songs, you're like, yo, what the fuck did I just feel? You know what I mean? Like, what just hit me? And uh, it's it's a shame we, we didn't get to do much with it. Uh, the CD, I would press them a few yeah. and sell them, but we never really had a proper uh, representation and release. And we try to do that with Upstate Records now. You know, I still I'm still paying storage for the last seven years because I've got 500 copies of the green light seven inch. You know what I mean? Because I just don't want to give up and lose them. You know what I mean? I've gone this far with them. I want to see them get to people. You know what I mean? So that's that's, you know, the plans are to keep doing music while I can. And, uh, you know. You know, I, I really, as, aside from my treatment and going to chemo every three weeks, you know, I might be slower and stuff like that, but I'm still trying to move forward. You know what I mean? I, I of course, have to remember that I'm going through this, but at the same time, I try to just go with it. You know, I don't 
allow it to emotionally tax me. Uh, after my breakup 18 months ago, yes, shit got hard and, and, and things got very deep and very scary, but I've been able to get past that so much that, um, you know, I'm very much at peace with what's coming. And, and, you know, I just want to make the best of the time and opportunities that I can take advantage of, you know, as simple as that, you know, just keep moving forward and keep doing, you know, what I enjoy doing and, and try to, you know, build on this legacy before it's all over. You know what I mean? Because everything comes to an end. That's like it does, and I think I, I was always surprised you know, how, how you handled the breakup because that would have crushed me, especially you were going through your own health issues on top of the breakup, on top of a huge life change. There's so much going on. The fact you have pulled through enough to, you know, to where you're at now and you're still doing stuff and you're keeping you moving forward, it's, you know, it's very inspiring, you know, to, to, to not just stop and go to, that's it. If you I know. could do that for people, that's what I want to do too, like, you know. Like the way uh, a song helps somebody get through this or that. You know what I mean? I want people to see me and be like, damn, this motherfucker is still going for it. He's not allowing this to stop him. All right, I don't have uh, a lot of dates booked right now at all. I had a can, the East Coast tour we wanted to do for May because I just couldn't line up the dates. Uh, I can't really... Uh, look further than doing maybe five shows in a week. That would still be a challenge. But during the warm season, you know, I could probably endure that. But what I'm trying to do is like, you know, short weekend runs, mm -hmm. you know, and, and do two or three shows in a weekend. I think that I can handle right now and then see where I can go from there. Because it's not easy during the winter, you know, getting on stage, getting that layer of sweat on me and then being exposed to the cold. It's, it's almost like hypothermia for me. It, it's really not a pleasant experience and the cold weather goes right fucking through me. So, you know, the warm weather is the best time for me to make opportunity, but I'm a little behind in scheduling things just because of, uh, you know, the guys being busy or having certain things just uh, getting in the way, you know, at the moment. The, the one good show I'm looking forward to is uh, May 27th in Manhattan. I'll be playing Tompkins Square Park with Rebelmatic and a couple of other bands. I, you know, names escape me at the moment. <laughs> but that's the big show. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. a bucket list gig because, you know, uh, the band, the, the, the sound stage is built literally 100 feet from Niagara, which was originally A7s, you know, which were like the first shows I went to as a kid, 15 and 16, breaking night on the Lower East Side when that place was like fucking jungle. You know what I mean? It was it was a seriously scary place. It would be like being in the middle of the South Bronx, you know. <clears throat> but having that and getting that opportunity 
is just, you know, one more notch in my belt that uh, life and circumstance isn't taking from me. You know what I mean? And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, moving forward and enduring best I can. It's, it is, I, I find it very inspiring. I mean, and I think you're even saying that many shows. I mean, at, at your age now, and I'm 52, but like a lot of artists are only doing weekend shows. Five shows is a lot for anybody, whether you're healthy or not, in a week nowadays. True. You know, that's not even, I'm not even talking about having a dancer, but like the fact if you did like two, that's a lot. I'd be like, yeah, that's a lot. So, I mean, the fact that you're like, five would be a lot for me in the winter. I'm like, that's a high would be a lot for anybody at any time, at any help, you know. Most yeah. gigs are, 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 are weekend gigs for people now, you know? Yeah, for a lot of guys, but also, you know, most of the bands that, you know, are in the top tier in hardcore or anybody trying to promote a release, you know, this is the season to try to get as much as you can done, you know? And, uh, you know, I already know that, you know, not much is going to happen until July or August, but that still gives me a couple of months to try to get some things going and then, uh, you know, see where to go from there. What about, so like, I mean, and as, as we're talking about, I mean, being up front and about uh, the, the feeling of urgency, you know, like when, um, uh, so recently, when David Bowie passed, he knew he was battling, he knew what his time was, but he had music and he had media he had creativity he still wanted to keep working you know as an artist and that sounds like that's something you have burning in you to keep doing because that's who you are you know you know you have a choice you know you have creativity is flowing through you at all levels you know um do you have yeah, a lot of well, ideas you want you're trying to get out uh yeah it's not really so much about uh doing songs for the sake of leeway you know, there's a lot of music that truly inspired me from the 70s that I would love to record and sing, you know, uh, you know, like with today's hard rock guitar sound and going back and attacking, uh, like, for example, Thin Lizzy's Cowboy song. You know, that would be a great swan song for me to go out with, you know, in my opinion, you know. It would be, yeah, it would be. And, and then, you know, you take uh, the band Free that eventually became Bad Company. Yep. You know, there's two songs that I would love to do. I'll Be Creeping mm -hmm. or Trouble on Double Time. You know, I, I know I could slay those songs and, and. You know, like I said, you, you wouldn't really do many old classical rock sound. You would, you know, strengthen them up and make them meatier and ballsier. And then having my opportunity to, to lay tracks down on that and do my own rendition, you know, it, it's it's part of the bucket list. You know what I mean? I think you should. I think you should. And that's what I mean. Are there like just ideas like, oh, I might write a short thing or I might write down some ideas of some of my experiences that I've learned from being on the scene or from life, like a collective idea of everything, you know, or, or a list of my lyrics mixed with stories for my lyrics or photographs or, you know what I'm saying? Like things you want to start put together cohesively for people, you know, to put out that you will, you want to put out before you, you know, things get more challenging for you. Exactly. At this point, it's really, 
you know, I became that leeway. So, you know, whether I'm doing songs in the, the vein of the band's sound or I'm picking and choosing songs that mean a great deal for me, you know, I, I still feel like I could do the job and people can relate to it, you know. Uh, you know, when they hear me talking about, you know, the, the band that became Bad Company, you know, they're probably thinking of their parents' music or something like that. But they don't realize that, you know, uh, a lot of these songs have musicianship and beauty to them at the same time. Oh, yeah. And that's why they've endured decades. You know what I mean? A lot of bands don't get the proper budget or get to be in the right studio and get the right sound and get the right mix, you know, so they don't get to have uh, recordings that endure the test of time, you know, like that's the beauty that Leeway had. We were given enough of a record budget to be in a, in a top-notch studio and to have an engineer like Tom Soros, you know, and nowadays it could be replicated easily easily but you know still you know whether i'm writing new music or i'm you know putting respect to music that i grew up with you know uh it's still me and i i, I still believe that people can appreciate it you know and and that's what i want to do it's almost like a combination of a <clears throat> a music lesson as well as something that people can enjoy. Yes, uh, it, it, you know, while you're saying, I'm thinking about this. I mean, for people, anybody listening, thinks it sounds weird talking about like the context of where we're at, and that we're talking about are you trying to get stuff done? Is there a race and this and that? It may feel really weird or remorseful, but uh, you know, a I'm I'm heartbroken about your your health issues, and I have been for year, two years, how long? Well, since we started talking. Um, but but the, one of the inspiring things is you're still alive and you're still doing things. And we're we're here right now, and, and that's what we're talking about. You you're that's why you're, we're talking about these things because you are doing things. And it's important people realize that you know, and uh, you and, and and maybe take take a lesson from this that you just keep going. You know, you get kicked in the teeth, you get stand back up again. You know, you keep fighting. You know, I can't look at anything and complain and see what you're going through. I'm like, oh, I'm lucky. You give me gratitude. Well, well, I appreciate it too. I, I, I don't want the sympathy as much as I want the support right. and, and I want people to root for me. There's no question about that, but I'm not on pain meds as of now, you know, and, and I think that helps because, you know, the, if I was on morphine or delorded like I was originally when I was really in pain until I started feeling a little bit better, you know, and dealing with breakup and being emotionally abandoned at such a life-threatening point in my life, it probably would leave me, you know, wallowing in my room, not getting out of fucking bed and, and giving up, but I don't feel that way. And I know that people are rooting for me, you know, so I have to keep going. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's because 
I don't want people to, you know, have that sympathy because I'm I'm going down, but like I I want them to just feel inspired because we're all gonna get challenges as we get older. Right. You know what I it's mean? What you like, do, it's it, what you do it, in the time. You know, it's what you're you're showing exactly, exactly where it is. You know, um, and and, and that's you know? why it's it's important. I think and I see this, and I follow you on all the media. We, we chat once in a while and text and stuff, and 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 it's very inspiring. And I think to me, it's and having these conversations, is, it's kind of it's definitely weird talking about like because there's like a you, you know you're, you're battling a timeline, but at the same time, it's like knowing where you're at, what you're thinking, and and not being like we grew up. You couldn't talk about this kind of stuff like oh they got either they have an illness and you wouldn't talk about what's going on in their time or whatever. But it's almost to me almost now as an adult, I'm like it's I feel like it's more important to talk about, you know, I mean, to pretend like what is on your plate, what are you talking about, what's more important because this is it, you know, how you feel about somebody, how you're living it, you want to live it full. I'm, you know, I'm trying to get clearance from the hospital from their lawyers to have somebody uh, document and film my chemotherapy treatment. Now, last year when I got sepsis, it was in the port that they put in your chest because it's easier just to draw blood and to plug in the IV and everything. Mine got infected, so it got taken down. So the scar now looks like I took a bullet to the chest. Nice. You know what I mean? Like it's got the little scoop hole and everything. I could bullshit the ladies. They'll be so impressed, you know? <laughs> but... um. You know, I just do simple IV in my hand. You know, it's like about a five and a half hour process. You know, they they jack me up with a little bit of Benadryl. So I sleep through it. You know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm not worried about being bald. You know, the only thing I wish I had was maybe some eyebrows. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't look like, you know, a drag queen in the morning. But other than that, you know, you can, you it's can draw mine. You draw mine. You have fun. There's so many ways to be creative I, now. You're an artist. Be creative. My face is so much rounder now than it was. And I think that has to do with the steroids. My face is a bit more puffy, almost like a moon pie. You know what I mean? And, and, and it's all good. It's all good. I mean, shit can be worse. You know what I mean? Like, the one thing that I do fear is is ending up in a hospital bed for the rest of my days emaciated and shriveled up and having people visit me and see me in that state that scares the fuck out of me you know what i mean but i i I don't feel like i'm on my way to that yet so you know i keep that out of my mind and i just keep moving forward uh, you know, I'll I'll get to that when I get to that. You know what I mean? In the meantime, there's things to do. You know, I, I've started uh, creating art because I'm a big baseball card geek. Yeah, I wanted to talk you about You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to recover the rest of my collection that's still down south. But uh, it, it's basically a cut and paste type thing. There's a lot of people that do this custom card art and you can find it all over Instagram. You know, I had a couple of guys that allowed me their time and 
uh, I asked them questions and, you know, they encouraged me and I started doing it. You know, I started last year, but I really didn't start completing more and more projects until this year. I really got to jump on it during the baseball season. But it's not just creating baseball cards. Uh, I just got my hands on a couple of uh, reissue 1966 Batman cards. And uh, I'm going to create with those and uh, do other sports and then do other stuff. Like, uh, you know, I have a Martin Luther King card that I want to create with. Uh, I could do serial killers, you know, anything that's in, in a card format or maybe postcard format, you know, I'm going to try to create some art. And it's, it's a few things that I could have collectors buy them or trade them, you know, just like uh, you would do on eBay. And, and I sell my cards on eBay too. I buy just as much as I sell. I can't help it, but you know, uh, you know, it's, it's what I always did when I had like a little stability in my life. I always went back to the hat hobby, you know, and it's good to have a hobby, you know, especially when you got so much going, you know, so much going on and you're stuck at home all day, you know, you have to have something to keep you busy that you can still, you know, enjoy pleasure at or instead of just doing dishes or laundry or, or regular day-to-day things, you know. What about uh, TV? You got any good Netflix? Are you watching anything good? Any good, uh, any good binging? I'm always looking for good binging. Hmm? Sorry? I said, I'm always looking for some good binging stuff, so I'm always open to hear anything good. <laughs> I got very caught up again with true crime. Yeah. Um, you know, this Idaho 4 case really floored me. And for a while there, I thought maybe Brian Koberger was somebody that I met at a show in Pennsylvania. But nobody that I know uh, knows of him or, or went to his show. But like, you know, I... My oldest niece started college a year ago. So this this hit home to me. I've yeah. always been interested in organized crime, you know, and, and recently I started talking about my father and his uh, world being in the life. But, but you know, I, I've been watching this Idaho 4 case as well as uh, Lori Daybell, a woman that, you know, killed her two kids with this doomsday cult dude she married, Chad Daybell. You know, her real last name was Vallow until she married this schmuck, you know. So while I'm sitting there doing my art or um, I'm doing mail that has to go out, I'll be binging on YouTube, you know, and I'll check some podcasts out. But obviously, you know, uh, the Idaho 4 case has has kept me wrapped up for a lot of the last few months since it happened. I hear that. I, hear I don't that. get I guess, to see TV much. No. I, uh, I go through periods where I binge a lot, and then I don't, and then I do, and then I listen to a lot of podcasts, and then I don't. You know, There's just so much out there, I think, sometimes. I fall behind in everything. I'm not up on everybody's podcast. I'm not. I can barely 
sometimes with my own, I can really keep up with my own, my game <laughs> to be prepared. So yeah, uh, there's not enough time in a day to watch everything that you want to watch. No, not for me. My I actually started just deleting just, lists of, it, of wants of wants I want to do and just be like, well, whatever's in front of me at the time, I'll just check it out because <laughs> that's all there is to it, you know. I have stacks of or you exactly. see stacks of books. Now I have stacks of online folders of just books. I put in a folder. I'm like, well, I don't have time. I know I want to read this. I have a big folder just full, full, full of, you know, downloaded books. <laughs> you know. I absorb information. That's what I do. Uh, you know, um, I'm watching the politics, but I'm not spewing politics. No, but you're I'm a not, songwriter. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to limit myself by picking or choosing a side. You know, I never felt whoever was president at the time affected my life. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, and I'm not going to uh, limit my audience because of some ideology or, or yeah. having some party to choose and vote for. I don't vote. You don't vote at all? You know, I haven't. I haven't in a very long time. You know, I think the last president I voted for was Clinton, you know. No, I, I, and, uh, I, just, I was just surprised. You know, you know, some people say you should, you should have a voice, I've you know, no uh, it, for me, it just, it's just not what it is. And, and I, I don't want to get into the whole debate over all of this stuff. No. You know, um, I'm not someone who follows conspiracy theories. I'm aware of them. And I see how ones. people get very worked up over it, but that's just not for me, you know. Yeah, I, I think you know, I, I um, I think it's good if you vote, but I don't put it on anybody else. I don't put it on the fact that people go, you should have an iPhone, you should have a regular, a different phone, uh, Android. You should have kids. You shouldn't have kids. You should do this. Like everyone has their opinions. I think people need to do what they need to do, and I have, you know, what I mean, that's that's really what it is. And respect I everybody. Wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. If you want to go out and advocate for somebody running an office or you want to protest yeah. this or protest that, good on you. You know what I mean? Go do your thing. But, I support you know, people not doing um, it too. <laughs> yeah. You know? I, I'm more the one that offers, I guess, sympathy or understanding to individuals. Yeah. And, uh, you know, helping in a more constructive or communicating way instead of, you know, spewing an ideology and, and, and you know, staking claims that make a lot of people look batshit. You know what I mean? And that's just not for me. Do you, and I was I, I'm thinking here, just back a step. Is there a chance you you would do any kind of recording like live and then put it out there maybe? Because like if you can't tour a lot, like I live uh, a couple hours from you, but I can't see you right now. Obviously, you don't do anything right now. But the people are never going to be able to see a lot of bands because most people aren't going to leave the U.S. anymore. And so there's like live things. Yeah. Would you do anything live that you put out there on YouTube? 
it's it's an idea that uh, you know I'm hoping to pitch and and try to make happen as well. You know, AJ likes to uh, make things happen without telling anybody. You know, so you find out after he's already did it. So he did a deal with uh, Generation Records, and uh, Generation Records just released a live album of Leeway from March of 1987. At the time, Mike Gibbons wasn't in the band. Uh, we had Gordon Ansis. Uh, he's a kid that played with AF and then jumped on with us. Uh, Zowie from Born to Expire, he was playing bass. But on drums, we had Mackie Jason. So, like, you know, it, it's me, AJ, Mackie, Zowie, and Gordon. And it is a good representation of the band because this is the nucleus that made me and AJ understand, like, we need this type of drummer. We need a groove bass player like this and a, and a solid lead guitar player to complete us and make this sound that we're trying to make. And, uh, you know, it's a good representation. It's very raw because, you know, it's not... Uh, it's not yet born to expire, but it's very close. I would like to do that before it's over. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely want to do a live album while I'm still very capable. You know, will it be a session in the studio and not necessarily a live yeah. show? You know, that's that's the question and the option to play right now. Trying I mean, to figure you, that you, out. You can get away with that. I mean, you can do a, a good camera. I've got some just handout stuff. It was a good soundboard mix even. I mean, there's stuff out there of you now that sounds pretty good. It was just done back in the what late eighties or even even yeah, 2016. I was hearing stuff that people just did it with their phones and it sounds good. I mean, there are there's enough footage out there where if it's just clear and concise, you know, you could patch something together. I mean, I think the original version of that started with remember when Metallica did Cliff them all? It was fan bootleg. I don't know how people got VHS cameras into the concerts back then. The big old cameras. I don't know how they were sneaking those in point is the quality yeah. of it was not the best but people if that's what there's out there people want it and and, and that's lower end now the footage i was seeing of you now was already higher quality so i mean yeah well, I, you guys could do something on your own guerrilla style just put something together officially on your own channel because there's already stuff out there that people are doing yeah well a lot of the idea was to let's do a pseudo live album like you know 70s you would do it in the studio but you would Kiss. call it live you yeah. know and canon and the the audience response yeah. and all that the applause you know so that's that's something i bandied and bounced around a bit that i wanted to do but yes you know uh it's great to see when i get to play an event like this is hardcore and to see how hate five six uh, has like three cameras going and he's chopping yeah. it up and editing it to to show the excitement of his show. I'm glad that that's out there for people to be able to see the show because they can't necessarily come out, you know, because I'm not yeah. playing by them or, you know, they have commitments, they can't make the show, what have you. So, I mean, I'm very happy with that. But again, I I, I do without question, want to do something to capture the spirit of the leeway tribute 
the way I'm doing it right now, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it'd be nice to hear Jay. You know, it pisses me off. It pisses me off that AJ does this and I have to find out secondhand. But thankfully, Mark Yoshi, the guy that did it with Generation Records and AJ, uh, he reached out to me and he got me some copies that I was able to pass around and and got some compensation for the release. Otherwise, you know, um, I, I would have got nothing you know what I mean that's just fucked up you know I don't want to draw my dirty laundry out in the air as much as other bands may do but you know this is AJ's thing he's not in touch with the audience he never respected the audiences you know like I I can't tell you how many times I'd be in Europe and him and the other guys would be making fun of the kids coming to our shows like, you know, he doesn't have respect for it, but he wants to try to control it, you know, because I'm still out here doing it and I'm happier doing it with my friends than trying to keep this band together because it's just too much drama and bullshit. You know what I mean? Apparently, I'm out of my mind. You know what I mean? And I'm difficult to work with. So, you know, take that for whatever it's fucking worth. You know, and I'm having fun and that's that's all there is to it. You know, when when I sell a shirt, I'm talking to the person. I'm interacting with them. They get a selfie. I communicate with them. I don't have somebody doing it for me. I try to make that conscious physical effort in everything I do to this audience because they mean the world to me. They're not people that I think I'm above or I can make fun of. That's just fucked up. Well, I don't think anybody's above anybody. And that's the thing. I mean, I think you're the right actor. And I think a lot of musicians do. And it's disappointing to hear that he does because the truth is, I mean, and I think that's what gets really weird and and allows people to think like that is people, once the music world, like, how can you, I hear all the time, I'm like, how could you talk to, I mean, you know, I'm talking to you. How how did you talk to Eddie? How did you have a relationship with him? I'm like, easy. I just use words out of my mouth. He uses words out of his mouth. We're talking. Now, as an artist. Yeah, I mean, if we have issues, we could. Right, but but we have an issue. But I'm saying, like, to me, you you have a craft that you do. You could be, we could be the, the ye olden days. And you could be the guy that does my horse and does the things or makes my leather saddles. You have a craft that I respect and I enjoy. It's a big part of my life. There's a lot of things, but you're also, that's just your craft you do well. It doesn't take away, it doesn't make anybody a different person. And sometimes people's crafts pay better than other people's and it puts you in a different financial status. But once again, I think that's where people get crazy. They think because it's one thing it makes them more important than other people, you know, whereas that's not who you are. That's not who a lot of musicians are anymore. You can't be that way anymore. You know, the world's not like that. Yeah, well, I mean, some me people are still like that. Issue. Right. And that's got nothing to do with it. I don't understand. They are. I can't believe you don't get paid for it, though. Legally, you should have some kind of rights to your own stuff. Well, this, this, this is the issue at hand. I did sign on. It's me, AJ, and Mike Gibbons trying to get the rights back to the first two albums because I believe Sony bought the rights to the first two records when Profile went out of business. So... 
I did sign on despite my uh, disapproval with what AJ tries to control and everything. I did it for Mikey because, you know, Mikey, this is, this is something very, very uh, personal to him that, you know, he wants to see us regain the rights to this music and reissue it with somebody else. So I did it for Mikey. That's really the only reason, you know? And uh, I, I, think, I think the fact that me and AJ can't communicate is just a poor excuse for him to just uh, push off instead of us trying to reach a common ground and hash out differences and doing all that stuff. Uh, it, it's really just a poor excuse because he wants to control it. I don't think he likes the fact that uh, over all this time, I'm more the face of this band than anybody else. But that's because I put the work in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm the one that communicates. I don't hide in the back. You know what I mean? Like, you know, this shit takes work if you want to get something from it. You know what I mean? And, and at the end of the day, that's why I'm going to be memorized and memorialized more than some of the others. That's that. That's, that's a good point. Uh, I think, um, I know, I, I, you know, I want to wrap up today, but I want to say I want to have you back on again, and I want to do it sooner um, and catch up more on what you're doing and some of your dates and stuff. I know it was, it was trickier for a little bit. We had a lot going on. But hopefully we won't be so far between our next talk, you know, and, yeah, I, I would like that too. You know, you know, maybe come uh, autumn. You know, yeah. I'll have some more things going on. I know we originally planned to come on maybe a little sooner when I was trying to put the uh, East Coast tour together. Right. But you know, shit happens. There's always a first time that I have to pack something in and try again later. You know what oh. I mean? But it's not the end of the world just yet. We should make a ten of date because I mean, you know, let's face it, we have a good time talking about anything. We you really didn't have an agenda today except talk about your health a little bit. We've talked for over an hour. You know, say we never have a problem talking, so we you have to worry about cobbling and ideas together. You know, um, exactly. We, we just take it where it goes. You know what goes. I mean? Yeah, I mean, I want people to say though, the big, the big takeaway for this is is you know, there was on the cabinet because people go crazy over an hour long podcast. People have to get a destination. They hate turning it off at a certain time point. But, but I could talk for hours. The point is, there's going to be a link below, a couple of links, anything Eddie's got going on. He, so he's got, he, he is doing his fundraiser. So please check that out and support him there. Um, he's doing his, his cards. There, there's also merch coming out at different times. And there's links going there. So that's usually announced, I know, on his uh, Instagram page. Um, yeah, the Instagram page is where I'm doing most of my communicating. Okay. It's Eddie Leeway official because I got hacked last year and I lost all my followers. Um, right now we're doing like a pre-order for zip up born to expire hoodies. Mm -hmm. The graphics uh, were redone by my friend Martin based out of Texas. He goes by a uh, brand name Ninth Circle. But uh, if you reach out to me there, uh, we have the pre-order going on right now for the zip up hoodie. Um, I have autographed photo prints uh, from a photographer named Robert Jacob that yep. uh, 
They're pretty sweet shot looking. Me in Tallahassee. He shot me in Florida several years ago when I actually did a cancer benefit for a uh, friend's of a uh, friend of a uh, rhythm of fear. And it was so my was first time knew, working with those guys knew. before. Was that before you knew you had cancer? Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And there's a yeah. picture of you smoking, I, I too? Ironically, I did cancer benefits before I got sick. Right. You know, my mom had pancreatic cancer and she survived. You know what I mean? Um, you know, she's still in good shape and feisty today, you know, and uh I, I always supported and and did a handful of benefits for cancer before I wound up diagnosed with the same thing. You know what I mean? So there you go. Things happen for a reason. Or they just happen. Do the world. It's just like just so many things that happened. I can't even figure out the reasons anymore. Um, yeah, but, you know, just ironies always a motherfucker to me. Something, <laughs> you know, something it, it's it always just, happening to somebody. It just happens, happens that way, you know. Uh, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. People support him yep. and all his, 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 go to his socials, go on his, follow him on his socials, support him on, on his merch, support him on his GoFundMe, check him out. It's always a pleasure, man. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Sean. You're the man. Have a good one, everybody. Reach out. I'm here. <laughs>